What is up, world? And welcome to the What You Got Podcast Season 2, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I am Jordan Palmer, joined as always by Charlie Bud. And we're excited to be back, people. Hope everybody had a good little winter break. Welcome to 2022. And today, we're here to talk to you about the lovely new film from Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Yay! You guys can probably tell how I felt about this film, which is actually surprising. We're going to get into it, but bud, I actually have no idea what your take is on this particular movie. First episode of the new season. Tell me, Charlie, what you got? Well, Palmer, you know... I hate to do this to you, but I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed Licorice Pizza. Um, uh, you know, and before I get into kind of what I enjoyed it, as people can probably tell not only from the reactions Palmer's given off and how he kind of introduced Paul Thomas Anderson's ninth film, Licorice Pizza, he uh, was not as much of a fan. In fact, I'm pretty sure... The moment after you left the theater, you texted me <laughs> and was like, I want my two hours back. <laughs> so, Bomber, Bomber, uh, please tell me what you thought. What you got on Licorice Pizza? See, here's my thing. I never liked to bash a movie. So, I will say the disclaimer that I really enjoyed the performances. I thought the actors did a good job. I thought it encompassed an interesting point in time in American life. I... I don't like to use this word, but maybe hated, hated this film. Like it was bad because I was walking out of the theater and I was literally just talking to myself, like in the darkest streets of like DC, just hyping myself up. Like, I can't believe I wasted my time with that. Like I, if somebody passed me, they would have thought I was crazy. I was just, I actually stood up in like the second you know, the credits started rolling. I said, that was some BS for everybody in the theater to hear. And I stormed out. I didn't wait around. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. Yeah, I was okay. hot. So what I, about it did you not like? What was it that you didn't like <laughs> about licorice pizza? What made you do that? The better question is, <laughs> what did I like? <laughs> and I can't <laughs> give you a whole lot. <laughs> Literally, okay. I'll say it like this. I was watching, maybe, I don't know, it was, maybe it was the seat. I wasn't super comfortable while I was sitting down, and I was trying to get into the film. And I kept telling myself, you know, you could walk out right now, and nobody would ever know. And you would get time back in your life. I knew we were probably going to cover this movie for one of the episodes, so I called myself proactive. I said, okay, let's go out there, and let's go watch this movie. But, oh, oh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie. I'll begin with the very first thing that I discovered. So I went into this movie blind, didn't watch any of the trailers, didn't read any of the background information, but I knew it was more or less going to be a love story, right? So I'm sitting there watching the opening scene, and it's taking place at, I guess, a high school, and I see this kid in line trying to primp and prep himself before his picture, and then I see this young woman walking down. And as far as I'd seen in the trailers, this was just another student. It was not until she got up on my man and they started talking that I realized she's not a student. She's one of the people helping out with the, the photos today. And not only that, she's 25. Meanwhile, how old is this kid? 15. From, this, from the jump, I was like, they're going to like say that she's actually 17. and she, No, 
there was a 10-year age, a very critical 10-year age. So he's maybe a sophomore in high school, and she's a grown woman. She's literally a year younger than I am, and I've been out of college for five years. So I uh, <laughs> had some trouble just getting into that theme. And unfortunately, I know I'm going on this rant. I knew this was going to happen. Unfortunately for me, I was also like, just reverse all of this for one second. If this was a 25-year-old man and a 15-year-old girl, we wouldn't even have this movie. That'd be like some Lolita stuff. But I was just like, okay, let's roll with it. I don't want to get into the movie too much because I know we're going to get into it. But as events transpire, I just found myself becoming more and more bewildered by the situations that we found ourselves in. And by the end, I was like, I don't believe this could happen to anybody legally nor do I relate to any of the characters in this film or the experiences that have been covered over the course of this last two hours. So that's probably my, my beef with it. But tell me why you liked it. Because I, I literally want to get in your head and I just want to understand maybe somebody did in the world. So help me. Okay. Um, so I think the big thing for me that, I mean, yes, that was a very hard relationship to buy. I agree with you there. I like throughout the entire movie, it kept kind of, scratching at the back of my head that this relationship in general like this age gap is way too hard to buy as anything that would genuinely happen um in reality i don't know if this was a common thing it you know it definitely probably breaks a few laws out there if it uh goes further than you know you know just kissing or whatever but um it's it that was the hardest thing for me personally to be like I I thought that was like the weakest part of the film, but I told myself after the movie, and that is a great point that you made, that if you reverse the roles here, a lot of people will probably look very negatively on um, that kind of uh, that kind of movie, uh, which is interesting. Double standards of yes, today. yes, it is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I will say though that like you know. If I put that out of my mind, which isn't necessarily the thing to do in this movie, and I don't really know what how other people kind of thought about that age gap. Uh, from what I've read, most people didn't really seem to mention it, which was quite interesting to me because I felt that that was almost like the focal point of the movie in a sense. Like for me, what this movie kind of tells me is that it's two people kind of stubborn with you know their love interests. Because you can tell that Elena, I think, grows to like Gary, um, and she's jealous of him pretty much within the first act of the movie when he kind of loses interest in her, and they kind of pursue their own different opportunities. And there's those always this constant, like, kind of getting back at each other throughout the entire movie, which is actually the one of the reasons I really liked it is because it had that little like this romantic story of like elements of it that it's like these two people cl clearly care about each other a lot and they're trying so hard to kind of like make the other person jealous in so many a variety of different ways and they're like you know and it was humorous it was entertaining it was like it had this frenetic pace to it that it just kind of kept bouncing in like to all these ridiculous scenarios that i also agree do not relate to and pretty much any shape or form like i think you know, that was another thing that was lost on me is that i felt like this was a love story to 1973 san fernando valley people like i just feel like it made a lot of references to people who grew up in that time in that place and i just didn't understand it especially since like these these 
kids were on the outskirts of like the film industry trying to be actors because there was a point in time where Alana was trying to be an actress. She gets in, you know, like, you know, in league with Sean Penn's character who just seemed literally ridiculous. Like he was just a, a person who was always a character he played in a movie. He never seemed like he was authentic as himself. Like ever, like Jack Holden, I think was his name, and I loved that his I loved his character. That entire sequence was funny, and this is another reason why I like the movies because then you move from Sean Penn, and then eventually you get to Bradley Cooper's character, who plays a real life person, Peter Thiel, I think, and um, it's just absolutely wild, but it's hysterical the way that like he's going around smashing windows, throwing stuff on the street. <laughs> And then he sees like two girls in tennis skirts walk by. He's like, "Hey, you guys, you know, what you doing later?" It's just like, it's just so ridiculous because he's just like he talks about. It, he's like he chases tail. He's got like massive anger issues. He's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, Gary." Like, he's like, "You mess up my house, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna kill your brother. I'm gonna smash your head in." Like, just that was, was probably. Like, that was probably my favorite. I will say that was my favorite sequence of the whole movie. <laughs> um, and then just how Gary himself is like this grifter in a sense or a con man. Like his acting, his kind of failing. You know, he was in like one big movie and then like he starts doing these commercials. And you can tell that the uh, agents there are just like Gary's kind of washed up talent. Like f-list actor who's just not going to make it big and i think he realizes that which is why he's like always trying to do the next big thing and he's also somebody in my opinion who like acts way beyond his years and like i think gary is not a 15 year old at heart i think he's someone who's got that mental maturity of someone who is older which is why i think in a weird way the relationship works at the end but it's just uh it's a it's just it was entertaining through and through, and I always kind of wanted to – I was always like, what's happening next? What's going to happen next? And that's why I really enjoyed it uh, at the end of the day. Ah, uh, yes. That's good. See, you said some things that made me think, so I can respect and appreciate that one there, bud. But uh, as a, just a note to all listeners, there will be spoilers ahead, so buckle oh, yeah. up. There's a little bit there's uh, a little spoilery in that. A little bit, a little bit. Not too bad. We kept it kind of over on the top. But uh, I actually did. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go for it. You really have a plot. It's just kind of events that happen. And perhaps that was also a problem of mine. Mm -hmm. I don't mind movies with like intercalary, I call them intercalary chapters or whatever, just things that don't relate, that don't. And it's interesting because I was thinking about another Paul Thomas Anderson film, uh, There Will Be Blood. Mm -hmm. And it's like um, that one sequence, spoiler for this. Take a second if you want to hop off. I'll wait. It is a fantastic movie. But the moment when um, Daniel Plainview's brother, who I guess it was really his brother, just caught, and it's kind of a bombshell discovery. Like, he has a sibling, and it's not even like you, people forget that even happened in the movie because oh, so it's so. <laughs> see, right? Because it's just, it's just some random thing that happens yeah. that doesn't necessarily add to the plot. So, yeah, that's, I know that PTA does that, but. I'm curious because you talked about Alana as a character, and she was probably the most human to me mm -hmm. in certain ways. I'm curious kind of what you thought about her development from the start of the film to the end. Um, I think from the start of the film, she just seems someone who was lost in the valley, kind of just putting up with 
you know, life as it was not happy for sure. Definitely not happy because you like, it's clear from the first off that she hates her job. You know, she's just like whispering under her breath, talking like crap about the kids in the hallway. And then, uh, she, you know, talks to Gary, seems to have a good time talking to him, you know, kind of mocks him a little bit, makes fun of how he's like a child star or whatever. And then, you know, she's done talking to him. She goes away and like some old creepy photographer guy like slaps her ass and stuff. And then like and then like you can clearly see on her face that she's just like, I hate it here for so many reasons, more than just like, you know, creepy old guy and, um, uh, guy. you know. having to work with kids and then she even says on the phone that she hates her job and so like when gary offers to take her out to dinner one night like she sees that as kind of like an excitement thing and i think throughout the movie she is constantly landing different jobs landing different opportunities that she wouldn't have had otherwise like for example getting an opportunity to be an actress in hollywood you know auditioning for roles you know talking to uh, you know, producers, all that stuff, casting agents, you know, you name it. And then uh, she goes into like business with Gary, who has all these crazy ideas from waterbeds to uh, pinball, which I didn't even know pinball was illegal for a time. Nor uh, did I. <laughs> I don't know how Paul, I guess he grew up in that time, but like if I was somebody making a movie in the 1960s and I had a pinball machine. I wouldn't have even bothered to look up to see if it was even legal. Like I would have just looked up window or pinball <laughs> the machines in 1920. Okay, we're good. Like, Check. I not, <laughs> even some some guy on like Twitter or something would have been like, "Well, actually, the pinball was outlawed in 1930." Would they handle like <laughs> pinball fan 118 or yeah, something crazy like that? Um. But anyways, I had no idea that was that, so I was a fun fact I learned from the movie. But like throughout the movie, I think her, her character develops into some uh, a life with meaning, and I think that is partially the reason that she, uh, spoiler alert, um, falls in love with Gary in a sense. Interesting, and it's kind of to your point there, and something that I found pretty. And just looking at the love story, so contrasting. So you made mention of Gary as this kind of entrepreneurial young man who's constantly finding these, I'll be kind and say, ventures to pursue. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alana's kind of just trying to find someone to like hook her claws into who will take her to the top. So there's a sequence in which oh, yeah, she actually is the chaperone for um, Gary and she meets his co-star, I guess. Lance. called named Lance yeah and so uh she ends up starting to date Lance and so Lance and her father get into this whole thing when he goes over to her house for dinner one night and the second Lance walks out she walks back in and says you know he's on his way up he was gonna take me out of here and from there I think that was a valuable line because from the jump it kind of showed you what her mindset was so she attaches herself to him and then she attaches herself to Gary and then after the whole Gary thing's kind of falling apart she attaches herself to Sean Penn and then she attaches herself to the political candidate who yeah, she's trying to support I was going to bring up the whole, I forgot kind of about the whole like political campaign thing. I think she wanted to see herself as like someone doing something like important in the world or being important in the world. And like Lance to her was a ticket maybe to Hollywood that Gary wasn't providing or something like that. 
um, even though she does use Gary to kind of get into those doors. I forget what kind of happens first, but I think Lance was also more age-appropriate to her, so she saw maybe Lance as someone who's A, age-appropriate, B, interested in her as well, more attractive, sorry, Cooper Hoffman, um, and, uh, you know, somebody who was also an actor, so she could be in the same space, basically getting everything Gary is, but just a better version of Gary in a sense. Uh, but he kind of like messes it all up because he has to go on a rant about how he just doesn't believe in God or uh, he's not Jewish or anything. And then like, you know, very Jewish household. And like, she's, yes, like, that funny scene when they walk outside, it's like, what's your penis look like? And it's just like, is it circumcised? <laughs> and it's like, then you're a fucking Jew. Last thing and just walks back inside. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That one, that did get me. That did get that me. was pretty funny. I thought that was a great um, little sequence, but I do agree with that. Like, I think throughout the movie, we see Alana as someone who starts off as kind of like at the bottom, you know, and she's somebody who aspires to do more. And it's a great point that you made about how she like hooks her teeth into people because that is so true. You know, she bounces from Gary and Lance to Gary to Sean and Penn to Gary to um, uh, political dude. I know. I'm trying to remember his name, too. <laughs> Benny Safty, that guy, well, the actor who's also a director and a writer. Um <laughs> Safety Brothers films, anybody? Um, and then ba back to Gary, which is a common theme is that she always goes back to Gary. Ah, yes. Always back to Gary. Gary, Gary, Gary. What are our thoughts about Gary Valentine? Gary Valentine. He's charismatic. Definitely charismatic. I mean, I, I mean he's an actor. I mean... Uh, yeah, like an actor in the movie, he's a charismatic, he has, like, no shame, he's just a, guy, a kid out there trying to make money, um, you know, and he has all these ridiculous venture ideas, I just don't understand that much, that part really, I'm like, why do you have so many ideas? Um, I was trying to figure out logistically how he was, A, I mean, I guess he's supporting his entire family, because it seemed like his mom worked for him. But B, yeah, how is he affording just all the waterbeds and the waterbeds kind of go under and he's able to buy all this pinball stuff? And I'm like, when was the last time he acted? And to your point that he has no shame, you literally see him in audition with children and he's basically a grown man yep. and he's yep. auditioning. So, mm -hmm. so right on there, right yeah, on there. No shame. Like he's just, he's just shooting a shot and like for his acting career, his shot was shot and it missed. Um, yes, and, big time. And like, so that's why like you, Kind of, and I think in a way, him trying to like be the next big thing is almost was like coping mechanism for him because I think he realizes that his acting career is not gonna be a thing, is not gonna happen anymore, and that he wants to still be somebody like famous, and he wants to be like you know that's why he goes around and does all these business ideas from like the waterbeds to the pinball machines because he wants to be known as somebody. And like, you can even see that throughout the movie that he goes to all these restaurants and places. And there's like people who know him, like adults know him at the restaurants, like Gary, you know, oh, so or Gary. Yeah. Uh, yes. She's not here. Alana, Alana's not here right now. Or he's like, Oh Gary, we can get you a table. He's like, and he even says like, I can get us martinis. You want, want me to get you martinis? I can get us martinis. I can get us martinis. And it's like, that shows that like, he has not only like, 
he thinks of himself highly is like I I have a lot of power here or something like but whether or not he actually could get martinis is another question. It could just be something that he internalizes as a way like maybe he thinks he has more power than he actually does. But from what we can see as the audience, he seems to have respect of people in the community and he wants to constantly maintain that respect. But what are your thoughts that's on Gary a, Valentine? No, that's a, a very fair assessment, I think. I think, as you said, he's noticing that his acting career isn't taking off. So he's trying to find that next, that thing that's going to make him a somebody, going to keep him afloat. And it's just interesting to note that when it comes to the people he's trying to impress most, it always seems to be Alana. So I think that's kind of where they tried to tie the love story in there. Obviously, you don't always have to have a likable protagonist. And he's charismatic. I couldn't necessarily relate to him a lot. Or, I couldn't relate I to him either. He was not really yeah. somebody I was ever like as, at any point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think, though, of how, like, when Alana goes into the bathroom and talks to, I think her name was Kiki, and she talks about, like, basically, Gary's trying to do all this stuff for me, so I'm, like, offloading it to you. What did you think about, like, that? What kind of insight did you draw into Gary's character? Oh, I mean, I knew he was, he's kind of like a little grifter. I'm not going to lie. He just, he goes around and he does his little thing. And so I wasn't surprised. I was surprised by the reaction once again of, of Alana. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, when you're a, you're a grown woman. He's a child. You can just, okay, teenager, cut it off and like, just move on. Who, who cares about this kid? But she's interested because I had forgotten actually about that sequence. So she sticks around. And I think once again, it's. I don't know if that was supposed to be a testament to her character and kind of her own self-esteem at that time or what, but I was just like, girl, like you can draw the line in the sand now and just move on. You don't need this kid anymore. Clearly you can see that he's not really, I don't, I don't know. We can talk about this later, but I don't think he's headed anywhere in particular. Gary. Yeah. I mean, I think he's somebody who just looks for the next opportunity to be kind of like a grifter, you know, he is, he is a grifter at the end of the day. He's somebody who's just trying to make a quick buck and he will capitalize on every opportunity. Like, like Alana even calls this character out or this part of him out. Like when, uh, there, I think that's like talking about all the political stuff. And the one thing he takes away from it is pinball machines are legal now. Yep. He calls him out on that. Like that's the Absolutely. only thing you took from that. And then she talks about him, and she I think she refers to him as being basically a child and naive, and that's when he gets super upset and calls her old, and that's when the, yeah. I'd say the big rift occurs between the two. Yeah, that's when she goes to work for like the political office. He's like, I'm making the world a better place. What are you doing? Like, yep. Selling waterbeds? <laughs> They're balloons. <laughs> Literally, balloons. not even beds. They're just balloons. They're they balloons. fill up with water. <laughs> um, but I'm actually curious about the... Uh, Her working on the campaign because I got taxi driver vibes from that for some reason. Just a her going to yeah her going to work at a you know for a politician. B there was and I never understood this. Maybe you can shed some insight on it uh, for me. The guy who's standing outside of the office. I did not understand who that was. I think he was a. reporter or a spy for opposition because he was camping outside of the restaurant because it's heavily implied that the well i mean it is very much implied um that he's gay like the character or the mayor the politician guy why can't i remember his name 
57. I think it's like Joel Joel Wakes or oh, Walks. Walks, Wax, Walks, something Walks, like that. yeah. Um, but he um, is gay. And Alana is clearly knows this um, because uh, it is mentioned when the he calls her at the office. They'll try to casually, hey, I forgot. You know, she makes up this excuse like, oh, he forgot his wallet. At first at the scene, I thought before she went into dinner with them, at first I thought she was having a romantic relationship with walks. And uh, and I thought I felt bad for the guy in the room with her because I thought he was interested in Alana. And I thought maybe that was the next guy, you know, maybe she'd latch her, you know, latch on to whatever, you know, try to get back a Gary with. But at this point, it seems she was more moving past the, the romantic version and more just like. I found my place. These are who I'm going to go. I'm leaving Gary behind to do his grifting. And um, to me, it wasn't until they got there and that there was like that whole scene between uh, Benny Safdie's character, his boyfriend. And then I realized that the way Alana was acting is that, oh, this is not only the like the this is not the first time she's done this. This is like the mul- like the 10th time she's done this. Um like, cause wait, what? Yeah, because I I immediately went back to the scene where, uh, or I felt like it was because the guy when she was back in the campaign office, the guy said, "Wow, how is he ever gonna win? Like, he forgets his binder, his wallet, like all the time." And she was very adamant about not having that guy go. And then she shows up, and she like immediately knows what's going on. And it's like, that guy's here, he's watching, you know, like, we'll just go out, you're my boyfriend, or whatever, we'll go, I'll take you home. But it seemed like the guy, like, Benny Safdie's boyfriend was, that was, like, the first time that they met Alana. Um, yeah, so that that's what... I was a little confused about, like, maybe my theory was wrong, but I had that impression that she's done this before, or was in on So. My impression was that she thought it was going to be kind of a tryst or a romantic meeting with the mayor candidate. And that's why she didn't want the other guy to go, because she just wanted to meet with him one-on-one for, I guess, a date. And then she saw the guy outside, and she's like, oh, what's up with that? And then she goes inside, and that's when it's revealed that the mayor is gay. And she didn't know any of that. But she can empathize with the boyfriend who he's basically keeping hidden because, once again, it's kind of like a shout-out to her, her relationship with Gary in some ways. And then uh, that's kind of where... And that's they have, like, that big hug. And, uh, yeah. And then she... I think that was the same night that's the, basically one of the last scenes where she comes to the realization... Is that the one that she needs to go back to Gary? Um, I don't remember, like, what in particular, like made her realize that oh um, man yeah no it's uh i think it i think that is i think that is because be because i think she runs to the arcade yep and gary is looking for her at like oh, i don't remember the office. Goes, yep the office. yeah the office and um but like i don't know what it is about that scene that like uh made her realize maybe she saw that their relationship at that time isn't a relationship that is oh accepted by society and in the same way gary and her relationship wouldn't necessarily be accepted by society and she went um to gary because she realized it doesn't matter 
you know like as long as I am with someone I want to be with then I'm happy dude mind blown what the freak what the freak oh man I didn't even think that that was the connection that she made but that was dude <laughs> wow look at maybe that's why you liked it and I didn't who knows I don't know wow okay Charlie coming 2022 is gonna be a good year for Bud wow okay no that makes a little bit more sense makes a little bit more sense okay I can see that no, that's very insightful I didn't even put together that she had perce- possibly perceived that this relationship shouldn't work on paper so that her own shouldn't work on paper and they made it work, so she should make it work. Hmm. Okay. What did we? How uh, was this? What do we? What do we think of the ending? What did we? Were we satisfied? I I was because I think that's where the movie was going towards. I think it like there was no other way that um, it could end. Like it I, like to to me the only way that it could end is that they either get together or they just live very different lives and they kind of reunite. After a couple of years, like a kindling La La Land, um, but I didn't see that as like that. I thought as that was a possibility, but to me, the ending was the one that we got because just the way that it was like set up, like how they tried so hard to make the other jealous that the only like because they both deep down deeply care about each other, and um, and that was they had to end up it together in the end. But what did you think? Okay, here we go. <laughs> so I anticipated that was going to be how it was going to end. It made sense for that to be the ending. I was personally pulling for the I hope we live very separate lives ending just because I didn't really like either of them at the end of the day. Okay, okay. I was like, I understand them, but I don't like them. I want to dive into that. Yeah, okay, let's dive into that. But uh, so I just was like, okay, it's I guess they're going to make this work somehow and also, I, this is such a random aside, but as a, you know, a track person, neither of those people know how to run. I'll just be the one to say it. I was like, they look crazy. Uh, sorry. So what are we going to dive into there, bud? What, what are we going to so, dive into? Okay, so you mentioned that like one of the main reasons you didn't like this movie was that you just couldn't buy get on board with the whole age gap relationship thing. But was that enough to really like say, like that is some BS? So I want to know, what did you not like? I was actually, I was starting to make an itemized list of all the things I didn't like. But so I think it was A, that B, the fact that it was mainly intercalary, like uh, just seeing nothing that really, really. And like I said, I don't mind those kinds of movies. At the same time, I already didn't like the character. So I was like, okay, I don't care what they're doing or they're doing. So I'm just kind of out here. There are also just some more. You mentioned the restaurants that uh, Gary went into. There was one scene in particular that was, I would say, troubling. Is that the word for me? Yeah, I'd say troubling. Just the the one with the, uh, what is it, the sushi place or the, the oh, Japanese. I just didn't understand what the point of that was. I'm like, why is this so overtly racist right That's now? That's what I said. I was like, what is going on yeah. here? There's like oh a man! Later, he's like, I don't know, I don't speak Japanese. I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, okay, okay. I said that was an interesting song. It was so random. Know what like, the hell that was about? Because I'm like, why is this just so blatantly just racist right now? I don't understand. I'm, is this a reference to something that I'm not dude, understanding? 
I was trying to think. I was like, did Paul Thomas Anderson like lose a bet and have to put something crazy in his script? And so that was it. Like, what? It was that was so so random. And, like, I didn't he comes back with like a different wife, and I'm like, I'm confused. What is this supposed? Dude, is, I'm just like lost as to what that entire sequence was. I was like, you could cut it out and you have the same movie. Probably a little bit better. I might yeah. like it a little bit more. I, was, I that was like a point in the movie. I'm like, I don't why it's like yeah yeah what is this doing like this guy is just a racist dickhead and like (laughs) nobody's saying anything (laughs) at all i was like what is it (laughs) i was like is it me because people in theater were laughing i was like uh yeah no so i theater about that no yeah yeah people people were i was like "Uh, i don't know if i'm that's not something i laugh about but uh it's not even Funny. It's I just know. Like, I, just I was just like, uncomfortable. Yeah. Maybe that's what he was going for, but I had to ask Mike. I, I always had to ask, like, why? What's yeah, absolutely. What was the point of that scene or that, like, that character? At all. I feel bad for the act. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess he got paid, but the actor, yeah, yeah. So there, there was that. There was also just, um, I didn't understand the need to go back to break bradley cooper's windshield i guess he threatened gary's family yeah. but at the same time i'm like bro you flooded more... his house yeah he flooded his house which he <laughs> never found out about apparently no and no um but like he also i just i think that was more of like gary wanting to impress alana in some way that he's showing that like i'm not afraid of big famous peter Thiel. or uh that was his name right yeah yeah i think so um and so he did that it might have actually been john peters it might have been john john peters oh, it is john peters i i'm so sorry peter Thiel is something completely different um, oh man but good uh john peters like it's like i'm not afraid of crazy john peters who just threatened to kill me like no, I'm going to go back. And slit my brother's throat. Yeah, slit my brother's throat. I'm going to go back and <laughs> smash his windshield. Like, Yup. And I love how he <laughs> like picks them up in the truck literally right after <laughs> his house. I thought he was going to find out there and they were going to have to rush out. But yeah, no, he didn't. I thought that was him like, stopping the truck and coming to like literally break skulls. Like, I thought he was coming <laughs> up there and he's like, I'm going to ruin your day. But it was not the case. No, no. And then something else happened with him. So all of that goes... Oh, and then, conveniently enough, the truck happens to run out of gas, and freaking Alana goes fast in the furious Tokyo drift, and, like, back <laughs> in, goes down the hill backwards. I was, that was like, what is happening? Although it was, it was vastly entertaining, but I was, it was just so ridiculous. But oh um, I do gosh. love how they had that little, like, gas shortage, which is a real thing I think that happened. I think so too. But so going back to the the heart of the Let's question. Like, what was it about Gary and uh Alana that you didn't like? What was something that you didn't like about them? I think as a whole this is this is my problem. I can boil it down to this. I found none of the situations nor any of the characters related I didn't that feel the things that they like felt. I've never been in situations that they've been in. And I couldn't even suspend disbelief for a second to try and put myself there because I know there's almost no situ- like circumstances in which I would find myself in similar situations. Mm-hmm. I was no, like, even I if I had that. like, yeah, that was, that was it. That was my only, that was probably my I biggest. I felt thing. no 
relation to any of the characters. And I think that yep. is a failing on Paul Thomas Anderson's part, but uh, maybe there are people out there who did feel like they related to characters. I mean, there has to be, right? Somebody out there. Yes, who yeah. Related yeah. To, like, which is why I kind of like criticized the film. Is like I felt like it was a love letter to a time and a place that I have no knowledge of. No history And that's of. fair. And I just kind of was all along for the ride, and I enjoyed the ride, but I feel like I probably missed out on some of the, you know, deeper meanings to the movie just because I didn't relate to these characters or the place or location that they were in. Just, it nope. felt lost on me. And, for, like, I remember yeah. for the first, like, 30, 40 minutes, I'm like, what am I watching? Because like, I wasn't really sure what I was watching. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, when is the movie going to start? When is it going to pick up? Yeah, but like, no. what is this movie about? What am I... And it wasn't... It really took me, like, a, after I'd seen it, and I had to think about it for, like, the entire night about, like, kind of what I had watched. Um, <laughs> it's just you're lying in bed, and all of a sudden your eyes, like, open. I get it. I get, I get it. it now. <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> um, it's definitely an interesting uh, movie. Um, but, yeah, I, I just... It, it, it it's not something that I could relate to in any shape or form. I fully agree with that, and I think it's hard to kind of get attached to characters at that point. It, it, mm-hmm. Like you're just immediately kind of off put by. I mean, for you, both the relationship gap and like you're not relating to any of these characters. It, it it can immediately feel lost on you. You feel like you're just not in it in the story, and that can put a bad taste. And like I fully can understand how you can go down that path. I almost went down that path. It took me like until the end of the movie to kind of appreciate it, and then like I thought about it and I liked it, but it was just, yeah, I felt that just, nothing was sticking with me at all for the first like forty-five minutes of the movie. Per- okay, I'm glad we're at least uh, joined there. You know, we're of the same mind. And I think about another. You made mention of it too. Uh, La La Land. Like I, people crap on La. I love La La Land. I love, I love La La Land. It's a, I I, lo- I thoroughly enjoyed it when I first saw it in theaters. Like, yes, I remember you said that you were walking out, and one of your buddies was with you. Said that was the greatest movie I've ever seen, or something like that. He's, he said like, uh, <laughs> I just showed him Whiplash. So same director, writer. Uh, okay. And so then yep. we went uh, watched La La Land like a week later, and he's like, dude. You're, what are you doing to me, man? This director <laughs> is changing my life. <laughs> sorry. I mean, Chazelle will do that. Yeah. He will do uh, that. I mean, I like La La Land. I think it was just a movie that was so absurdly popular. So when things get absurdly popular, people start hating on it. So, I mean, it does have some valid criticisms, but like I, at the end of the day, I think it was a pretty good movie. Uh, I like absolutely. You know, it had it, it was like throwback to classic Hollywood musicals, and I like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Me. me too. I like La La Land. It was a good movie. Um, and by like the Whiplash. end of it, I love I love Whiplash too. And by the end of both films, I felt for the characters and I understood the wrap up. And I was like, okay, perfect. I'm yeah. even though it wasn't necessarily the ending I wanted, I was content. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Cool. This I feel like we should was totally not do that. an episode on Whiplash because I feel like that movie has some very dark tones to it that I feel like a lot of people maybe don't talk about as much. I'm down for it because I need to rewatch it. Because last time I think I saw it was with you, like two years ago. I haven't three seen years that movie ago. in like five, six years or something. Oh, yeah. Dude, I think we were. I, you watched it last time. I'm almost positive with me. Oh <laughs> totally man, would, crazy! Uh, watch that movie again. Um, but going back to Licorice Pizza here. Yeah. Uh, so where do you think? Like, how do you think this? 
is like it's Paul Thomas Anderson's ninth film. So like yeah, and I know it's probably you're probably the least favorite of his movies, um by far. But like, you know, where do yes. you see kind of the direction of his films after he just did Phantom Thread a couple of years ago and now he's doing like this movie, like I don't I will say this. I never thought there would be anything that would actually make me appreciate the master until I saw Licorice Pizza. Did you, did you like, I was not. not I did like not the, like the master. I did not people, like the master. Some people, some people love, love the master. Ma- the master. Uh, yeah, bro. There are some people I'm out like, there who say that's PTA's best film. And there are some people out there who are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some intersection there. No, I, I don't, I just, it felt out of, I mean, and he does obviously movies out of time, out of place and, it just come to and I respect and appreciate that. I think he's a master of it. But at the same time, this one felt like a particularly it should kind of been in his wheelhouse, but it felt like a particularly wide miss. And so as it relates to his other films, uh this is on the I'm gonna say it's my bottom, but yeah, it's on the lower fair. end for me. I mean, for me, I think this was almost like uh textbook PTA. I feel like this is just the kind of the movie that he would make. Um, and you know, I, I liked it. You know, I haven't seen every PTA movie, and I want to. Uh, but same. But I've seen a lot of them, and I've enjoyed all of them. I will say though that to me, there will be blood is his best up in a way. Uh, but agreed. Yeah. I haven't seen the master personally, so I I, I, I do. <laughs> do- <laughs> Do you watch the master and be like, you know what, Palmer? That was his best movie. It is his best movie. (laughs) I'm telling you, I don't. I Phil uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, crazy, great, great performance. Joaquin Phoenix, all Amy Adams is in there too, bro. I could not get into it. I thought I'd love it. Three hours long. Yes, and I once again, I he he owes me money and he owes me time back in my life. <laughs> so if I ever see you, PTA, just know I'm coming for it. Oh my gosh, yeah, dude, it that was such an interesting range of movies when you think about it. Yes, but I think he always does like. I feel like this movie was akin to Boogie Nights in a in a in, mm-hmm. in a weird fair, way. Fair, fair. Uh, licorice pizza. Um, Highly, the specificity of like the kind of setting and everything, I I would agree. I would agree. But yeah, dude, it's uh maybe and you know maybe it'll be it'll grow on. I don't. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's not gonna grow on me. <laughs> but, another rewatch there, Palmer. I don't hours think I have. Uh, I don't to? know. If alcohol is involved and I'm not paying for it, then perhaps. Oh, but, you know, maybe I'll get it on DVD. Okay. One Perfect. one drunk night and be like, "Hey, Paul, you want to watch a licorice pizza?" <laughs> I take a shot every time I just wanted to punch a wall and I'd be gone. Oh my gosh, I'd be okay. I'd do it that way. Any other way? No, I'm sorry, I gotta pass. No, I I wonder though if I were to rewatch it, how much more I'd appreciate the movie. I feel like it could be one of those movies where I watch it again. I'm like, actually, this is really really good. Yeah, maybe. I, don't, maybe. I won't go see it in the theaters again, but I might see it again when it comes out on like DVD or something. I think I need a couple years. I need to forget. <laughs> I need to forget everything about Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Like, Why did I hate this? And oh, it's yeah. like, oh, now I remember. <laughs> First like two minutes. Ah, that's it. Now I remember. What did you think oh, about man. though the entire Haim family kind of being? You're talking. 
I thought that was uh you know I thought Hane, it was cool. Like the band. Yeah, yeah. I thought I mean I don't I'm not like, you know, into them, yeah. but I do and I mean like kind of cool cool shout out, I guess. I mean, I'm not like Well, I'm, uh, PTA oh. directed a lot of their music videos, so I thought I was kind of cool oh, that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And like that was her family. The mom, dad, the sisters. They look they literally I mean, yeah, yeah, they look very much my favorite scene or moment was when she walks back in with the the uh what is it, i guess swimsuit on oh, yeah. <laughs> i was like wait what the hell and she just like goes <laughs> i was like okay that was that i actually was laughed funny. out loud for that that, that was, was hilarious um, but yeah was no. yeah there was definitely some moments that i mean i feel like pta is a funny guy but like he's got like that interesting kind of humor I mean, he is yeah. married to Maya Rudolph, and maybe she like helps write some of the comedic scenes. You didn't know that. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm. Wh- I'm sorry. What? Yeah, that's why she was in the movie. She had a cameo role. I know, but she's just a talented actress. It's like, oh, maybe she's just breaking like I don't know the mold. And I'm. So- I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Hold up. Hold the phone. You are mother freaking kidding me. <laughs> are you? Mind is blown right now, dude. Stop doing this to me, man. What? What the freak? They've been married for like twenty years. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad we had my genuine reaction recorded because I did not know that. I was like, oh, my Rudolph, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't put it together that like she's married to Paul Thomas Anderson. I've seen pic- like I've seen pictures of her. I've never paid attention to who she's with. Wow. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, there's Maya Rudolph. And, and some guy. I guess my mind blocked off yet. What? Maya Rudolph is, oh I guess, her gosh. husband. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. To be fair, I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson's like one of those directors that you like tell people like, hey, you ever hear Paul Thomas Anderson's like, know the name, don't know the face. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. 100%. And they're probably 100%. like, I don't think I've seen any of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> or there are people who are like, I love, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. No, I, I have no I, idea what I it looks Paul like. Paul Thomas Anderson, even though I haven't seen every one of his movies. Mostly I haven't seen, actually I need to see a list. But um, I know I haven't seen The Master. But um yeah, I have like I have a few friends who are like huge PTA fans. Like, love Intr- him. Yeah, yeah, I feel like there's like a little cult following behind him. Yeah, and it's like Wes Anderson. I know the gist of what he looks like, like hipster. And if I saw him in like, He's if I saw somebody haircut, who, yes, if I saw someone who fit that like con- like context on the red carpet, I'd be like, okay, that's Wes Anderson. But like, I wouldn't just know if I passed him on the street, I wouldn't know him to like just see him. So yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like some people would even know, like, Quentin Tarantino probably looks like. Steve yeah. Spielberg, Martin Scorsese. Yep, those are yep. like huge names, you know. Um, but, Absolutely. yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson probably, like, I'd, like, will either say, heard the name, never seen his movie, don't know what he looks like. <laughs> None of his movies are, like, mainstream. Like, ever, like, they're always, like, kind of under the radar. And I swear, like, they don't stream a lot of them. Like, I've seen, I saw The Master, I think, on Netflix, and they're bringing the Phantom Thread, and there will be Blood Pops on, but I've never seen, like, Punch Drug Love. Okay, actually, Boogie Nights I have seen. Like, some of the others. Boogie Nights, which is his first movie, is probably one of his most famous films, because that's that's the role that Mark Wahlberg kind of 
breaks out. That's like that's the movie gets him famous is uh, nope. Boogie Nights. Um, Absolutely. But I feel like I feel like even there will be blood, which I think is one of the best movies in the last like twenty years. Um, is a movie that like nobody's a heard of or be seen <laughs> yeah dude we were talking about it i remember only reason i watched it initially was it was i was we were in school in college and my professor made mention of it during class like super cash and he's like yeah it's like in, there will be blood when they're you know they're going for oil and i'm like i've never actually seen that film and so i saw it on netflix one day and i was like oh i have like two and a half hours to get like a free shirt <laughs> and i loved it but i wouldn't have probably watched it had i not heard him no, just i mean like of it. it came out the same year no country for old men did and i saw so, that one first and i was yeah. like they have to be more or less the same film no, no they're very very different yeah not uh, remotely very close. different but both like western movies that were filmed in pretty much the same location came out the same year and both were nominated for best picture and shockingly, No Country for Old Men won, which I think was a huge snub. Because I yep. think There Will Be Blood is a much better movie than No Country for Old Men. And Daniel Day-Lewis is an absolute terror as that as uh, that role, or in that role. Like, that was... What a film. That was, I would say, close to flawless acting, as you see yeah. anybody do. So, yeah. And I think, actually, they made mention years later, like... Okay, the Academy was like, maybe we messed that one up. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, you might have. Yeah, yeah you might have. Bit. We might have messed that one up. Like, All yeah. love to the Coen brothers. <laughs> oh, love to the Coen brothers. <laughs> I do want to see but, yeah. the Tragedy of Macbeth, but we're getting off Dude. topic here. Is there yeah, sorry. Else? Bring it back. Anything else Honestly, you want to talk about licorice pizza? All I'll say, if, if you want to spend your time doing something worthwhile <laughs> and don't want to waste money maybe pass on this wait till wait till it's streaming and even then take a really hard second to look at yourself in the mirror and say am i willing to do this to myself that's all i'm gonna say i would say if you're a fan of pta i would see it if you like paul thomas anderson you like his movies any single one of them just go and watch licorice pizza i think you should enjoy it if you kind of like his typical style. I think it's a very common style of his. I think the Chris Peach doesn't really break the mold for Anderson here, but it, it, it kind of it, it's kind of what he's learned throughout the years. And um, but you know, if you want to wait for streaming, if you're a little unsure after what you know Jordan's talking about in the movie, how he's not a big fan of it, then you know, wait for it to come out on streaming. You know, it's not. Not a big deal, so do what you can. Do what you yes. want. Yes. Yes. Uh, any, any last last second thoughts there, Bomber? Happy New Year, everybody. We're back. Season two. Doing exactly. bigger and better than ever before. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. That's been our show. We're the What You Got podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Bud. Join with me, as always, is the wonderful Jordan Palmer. You can listen to our podcast every Monday. We are back for season two. Make sure you hit us up on the social media. Jordan, why don't you give them a little... Uh... Give them a little taste of it. All right. You can hit us up on Instagram at WhatYouGotPodcast, what you spell W-H-A-T-C-H-A, or on Twitter at WhatYouGotCast, what you spelled the same way. And uh, let us know what you thought about Licorice Pizza if you got to see it. So, and until next week, we'll catch you all later. Peace.